This summer, we are going to be chewing on John chapter 15. Jamie and I were talking about doing a, um, a series, and we were talking about growth and growing, and then growth. So there's a, there's a difference. Um, and we decided on John 15 because it's such a rich passage. There's, I've never spent this much time in just one chapter, and we're going to be doing about seven, eight weeks in John 15 together. Um, so if you look at this word, grow, th, to grow is, is an active present tense, and then growth refers more to a future tense. And so I want you to be thinking about and praying on, first of all, how are you noticing growth in your own life? How are you growing in your own walk with Christ? Um, how is God sharpening you, pruning you, um, nurturing you? And also, how do we want to be thinking about growth as a church community? We have a new pastor coming. I'm quite sure he'll get voted in, but um, we have a new pastor coming. We have some really exciting things that we're going to be doing with our property, with our resources, and it's future-oriented. So how are we thinking about growing right now in the here and now? But how do we also think about the growth that God is going to be doing in us and through us and in the lives of other people? So that's kind of the reason for the grow um, and let's pray this morning as we come to God's word. Oh, Father, we thank and praise you for this day. Lord, you are so good. God, we worship you with our hearts, our minds, our bodies, our spirits, everything, Lord. Lord, we thank you for who you are, that you are our Father, that you love us so much, and, and Lord, that you are able to be mindful of every single person in this world at one time. Lord, that's just astounding. Lord, please forgive us for the ways that we forget about you. Lord, the ways that we go about doing our own thing. And Lord, how we, we often go against what you want for us, your best for us. How we willfully insert our own will over yours. God, forgive us for the things that we said or, or thought this week that was not honoring to you or not loving to another. Oh God, we need your forgiveness and we thank you, Jesus, that we have that through you because you died for us on the cross and you rose from the dead. Lord, thank you so much for every person in this room, every person watching. Thank you, God, for their lives and who they are. Lord, I thank you, God, that you are doing um, a work within us as we submit ourselves to you. And Lord, you are able to do more than we can ever ask or imagine. And we just um, marvel at that. Lord, this week we pray for people in our midst that have um, experienced COVID and sickness and um, discouragement, frustration. Lord, we um, each have people that are on our hearts and our minds right now that we lift up to you. Father, we lift up um, Tim and his family, Tim and Maria and the Sacconi family, and um, we pray, God, for our church. We pray, God, for your will to be done. Lord, we thank you for the call that you've placed in Tim's life, and Lord, I just pray for the future of our church and for this place to be a place where people will come to know you, Jesus, know your love, know your goodness, and know community. God, may you use New City and its unique location and place to make impact in, the, in our community and in the lives of people, God, that we would grow rich and deep in you and your love. And Lord, that is our deepest desire, first of all. Lord, thank you so much for 
this day, this weekend. Thank you for our country. Thank you, Lord, for the freedoms that we um, often take for granted. Lord, the fact that we can even be here freely and singing to you, praying to you, even advertising, Lord, that those are all freedoms, God, that um, we acknowledge and we thank you for. We pray for the church throughout our world that does not enjoy that freedom always. And Lord, we pray for strength and courage for, um, for ourselves that we get from our brothers and sisters who have to follow you at great cost. Um, Lord, we pray for our nation, our leaders, oh God, for healing in our world. Um, we thank and praise you, Jesus, for who you are. And we come to your word this morning with humility, God, and expectation of what you are going to do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, <clears throat> a couple things. I, I uh, said this to one of you last week. I wanted to be thoughtful about what I said um, up front about kind of, you know, when there's political things happening in our country, in our world. And um, I've been in my, my Monday through Friday job as a, as a therapist navigating some interesting conversations about the Roe v. Wade and the Supreme Court. Um, I, uh, I always get like, oh, I don't know, I feel so uncomfortable addressing things like this from up front because you just never know where people's landmines are. You don't know where people are at. Um, but I do know that God is the author and source of life. And I do know that we have to um, do a better job at, at protecting all life from, from the start to the finish and the in-between, that we value um, the lives of disabled people, older people, mothers, children, um, the lot. Um, and the whole abortion thing is a really, my, one of my friends calls it a sticky wicket. Um, there shouldn't be abortion. It's like one of those ones there just shouldn't be. Um, and we have a lot of hurt and scared people in our world right now, women who um, come from other sides. Or this, this past week I had a patient tell me that she was 15 and she found herself pregnant and her parents told her, if you don't get an abortion, you, you can't live here, you're kicked out. And so she, put, she was found in a really difficult choice and a choice she didn't want to make. And so I keep thinking about how many women find themselves in places where they don't want to be um, and maybe don't have the support of the body. And, and that just tells me all the more the church has to do better at reaching out to people and supporting women and children um, from no matter where they're at. And we have to approach this topic with a lot of grace and humility and um, asking God for his mercy. So that's what I have to say about that. But I do know that in Psalm 139, it says that we are known from conception. And so I, I just pray that you will um, be thoughtful in your conversations, that you will um, you go to God's word in those, for those conversations, and you also be mindful of the, the trigger, trigger points and the minefields that, that people have in their own lives, and, um, and that you will love well, and, and you will love you know, women no matter where they're at, and pray for our nation and our world, because it's it's complicated and it's not easy. If you want to talk more with me about that too, I'm more than willing to, but I know this is a really difficult topic. Um, and I always worry that I'm going to say the wrong thing, and that's what I've got. So <laughs> as we come to our topic of growth, growth, there's an acronym that the Covenant Church um, uses for growth, and it was a... Um, it was an acronym that was used to approach how we grow together in, in, in spiritually and also flourishing as a church community. And it stands for this, this um, phrase, G is for God's word, 
R is for relationships. O is for outward living, which also encompasses obedience. And W is for worship. And so as we spend time in John chapter 15 this summer, we're going to be um, chewing on a couple verses a week. Today we're doing four, four verses of John 15. But I want you to be just thinking about and being intentional of um, as you spend time in God's word, think about how his word nourishes you. His word changes you. His word gives you his thoughts. Um, his word encourages you. I know it was kind of um, it was kind of funny this past year. I I don't remember what. Oh, I was going to be speaking. Um, oh, I know. It was the National Day of Prayer. Um, we had a, a gathering in Oatana where I live, and there's um, I'm part of a clergy group. And my friend Brent, who leads it, had um, sent me an, a text message, and he said, "You know, before before you you speak, read this." And I thought that he meant. Before you, before you come up to speak, read this passage. So I was like, okay, and I have to admit that I didn't read the passage until like an hour before I was supposed to speak. I just have to call myself out on that one. Got really busy, and I'm like, oh, that's right. You told me to read that. I better look at what it was. And it was Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9. And the I ironic thing was that day... Um, I'd had a really rough day at work, found out that we had had a, a COVID outbreak at the treatment center that I work at, which, which is very rare because the patients are there for 30 days. They're actually more protected because they're, they're not out and about. You know, their biggest danger is us bringing COVID into them because we, you know, come in and out. And um, one of my patients that I had direct contact with the day before had, had the lead because he came down with COVID. And... Um, you guys, I've just developed some anxiety around that. You know, I, I had a good friend die this past year of COVID and was in ICU for two months. And whatever, whatever that did to me, it, it brought on this, this panic. And so I've been working through that. If you want to hear, like, we're all working through something. So I'm working through that. And that day, found out that patient had had COVID. And I'd been exposed to him, like, in a one-on-one -on -one therapy session. And I had a meltdown. I'm not proud of it. It was <laughs> just broke into tears, which is not like me. And um, the irony was my friend Brent had texted me that morning, read this passage before, before you come to the prayer gathering. And I wish I had because as we talk about how God's word changes us, meets us, nourishes, feeds us, challenges us, wraps, wraps around us, this is what he had texted me to read. And it was to be reading that day or that week actually beforehand. And it was this, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your evidence be gentle. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And as I caught that, as I was reading, I'm like, man, I should have read that this morning. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Well, I have to say that as I kept reading this, I'm like, oh, I wish I had read that one too. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I thought, yeah, Lord, I could have had some peace this morning. Instead, I cried and had a freak out. And then finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. See, when we abide with Christ, when we do what John says, when we remain in him, that is what happens. We can rejoice no matter our circumstances. 
we can be reminded that the Lord is near. We don't have to be anxious about anything. We still feel it, but it means we don't have to act in an anxious manner. And we can remember that in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, we can talk to God about it, and he will give us peace. And he will also guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And so that is the point of this chapter of, of John that we are going to be um, swimming in. And I, I, think, I think I'm hungry right now because all I could think of is we're going to be like steaks marinating in John chapter 15 this summer. We're going to soak it in, and we are going to let every part of what God has for us hit all the corners. Oh, hi, Lockie. Um, so when you think about this, if we truly do like John says, we will remember that, just like with our plant here, that he is the vine. He is our root and our stem. Everything we have comes from him. We think about the father being the gardener, the father being in charge of, of pruning us. And pruning is never like one of those processes where we're like, yeah, that sounds good. We like clip branches back or we, um, you know, snip things off or we, we reshape it. But you think about it, as you live your life conformed to Jesus Christ and submitted to him, God the Father is going to, um, he's going to nourish us. He's going he's gonna to clip us, prune us back. It's really interesting in the message. I don't know if you caught this, but Lucas had read, he read the NIV and the message. In the NIV, it says, my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So think about that, how, how loving and awesome God is, and we often don't think about how good he is. If there's something that is not good in our lives, as we um, become aware of that, surrender that to Christ, God will clip that back and say, yep, that part isn't, isn't helpful for you anymore, and we're going to work on that. But the parts that, that are bearing fruit, he prunes so he can mold it and shape it, and it can bear the, the most um, productive fruit, the most um, life-giving and, and flourishing fruit. Um, I like that, you know, if you catch this too, how Eugene Peterson caught some of these nuances. He said, um, remain, or you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And when I was looking in the commentaries, that, that, that phrase is so confusing. But Eugene Peterson says it like this, you are already pruned back by the message I have spoken. So that means that as, as we live in Christ, and Jesus was talking to his followers right before he was going to the cross, you've already been pruned back. You're already being shaped and molded because of the word I've, I've told you. And so as you think about this, as, as you let Jesus be the source of your life, as you think of um, being rooted and planted in him, that he is your branch, he is your stability, he is where you get your nutrients, your source of life, as you grow in him, he molds and shapes you, and so as you receive his word, he is the one that is the architect forming you. I love to in verse chapter or verse four, he says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. Think about that. He never leaves you. His presence is always with us. And then he tells us, But you stay put, you remain in me. You think about this um this plant that we have up here. Actually, this plant was almost dead, and then we, we gave it some new dirt, gave it more room to grow, and it's actually doing quite well. Um, this plant can't, like this branch of this plant can't say, yep, I'm sick of you plant. I'm going to jump off and go live somewhere else. It would die. And so if we think about how we live our lives where we don't need God, we don't need 
his word. We don't need his shaping or molding. If we choose to, to detach ourselves off, we aren't going to be able to be rooted or connected. We need the, the, the growth of the dirt, the water, the soil, the sun, all those things that the kids were saying, but we, we won't get those if we don't stay in Jesus. And so I hope as you see plants this summer, you think about your, yourself differently. You think about, um, am I remaining in Christ? Am I being rooted in him? Um, the second word for relationships, we cannot do life alone. We cannot do our faith alone. And so that's why we come together on Sundays. We don't come together just to hear like Jamie's really great music. That's like a bonus of it. But we come together because God says, be together, grow together, learn from each other, encourage one another. There's a sign that John and Mary March, um, I'm guessing, had put outside of the front door out there. And it's, it's from Hebrews. And it's talking about like, don't stop meeting together. Encourage one another. Um, stay together. So as we come to God's word, we come together humbly. We come together um, seeking and, and growing together. And we don't do it by ourselves. We, we need community. The O for outward living is to say, as we, as we are um, formed through God's word and our, our relationships with others, how we live is going to change. Our obedience to God, our, our preferences, you know, doing things his way versus our way. Um, you know, you think about like this plant. If this plant were, if this plant was an apple tree, it's not. I don't even know what this plant is. <laughs> but um, if this plant were an, were an apple tree, you would know it was an apple tree because it would produce apples, yes? If you were a Christian, how you live better look like Jesus. Because if it doesn't, people are going to wonder, what kind, of, what kind of person are you if you identify yourself as Christ, but you do not live as he does? And Jesus tells us to live different, to look different, to be different than the world. And so through that outward living and our obedience to him, it means that as we grow and change, that might take that lifelong process of sanctification. It's that, that long-term look at things where some things change right away. Like I remember when my mom became a Christian, I was about eight years old, and I, I saw visible peace on her. And it was something, I remember I was, we were driving the car, and I just said, Mom, what happened to you? It was, it was that dramatic. And, and she said, I became a Christian this weekend. And I was like, wow, because my mom had gone from being stressed and upset and a lot of things. And even as a, you know eight-year-old child, I know something different happened to my mother. I remember she started reading her Bible. Um, she, she did. She had more peace. And that was, the, that was the first evidence of how I saw change in her. And so you think about how we live outwardly, what shows up in our life as Christ is in us and we are him. That obedient living happens day by day. And then we come together and worship, not just on Sundays, but every day is an act of worship as we remain in Christ and his, um, his love is in us, the Holy Spirit is us. We worship, um, our lives become an act of worship. Everything we do becomes an act of worship because it is all for one person, Jesus. So when we think about growing, next slide, growing versus growth, there is difference. And why is it important to God and for us? I believe it's because we have to first acknowledge that the growing is happening in the moment. Um, in therapy, we like to say the here and now. And growth is also future-oriented, so we look forward to what God is doing right now and also what he is going to do to come. 
That's that, that already and that not yet. The, the already is happening as Jesus has given his life for ours and um, redeeming us, but there is also future growth happening. Um, I, my, my biggest joy and, and excitement is going to be what God is going to do as New City grows as we um, enter into a new chapter of ministry with a new pastor. It's been wonderful to be with you all for this past year and to and be kind of in the in-between time, but I'm really excited to think about what God is doing here in our midst. Um, these metaphors, we go back to Jesus being the true vine. Those metaphors just show that that vine um, has to come off of a branch, and so stay rooted to Jesus. Trust that God the Father being the vine dresser means he knows. He knows you. He loves you. He knows us so well, and he is, um, his God is for us. His best is for us. And so you think of the things that, that are going to come up for you that God needs to prune back. Let him do that. Ask him for his wisdom and his, his loving, tender care for that. Um, think about you spreading out his branches. You know, in, um, there's, a, there's a vineyard, or I think it's a vineyard by my house. It's so random. It's out in this, by a cornfield in Oatana. But you look at like the, the vines and they spread out and they branch out and they're all connected. And so that is how we are to be in Christian community. We cannot do it alone. I also want you to be thinking about how we bear fruit and we grow inwardly and outwardly. We cannot do it alone. We need Jesus. And for us to bear fruit inwardly means we have to spend time with him and his word and with others through worship. I want you to be thinking about this too. You bear outward fruit in your life when you allow God to nurture in you, in your life, ooh, I missed a word, in you a new Christ-like quality. Last week as we finished up our Tove series, we talked about Christ-likeness, the Tove church being one that nurtures Christ-likeness. The more and more that you walk with Jesus, the more and more you look like him, sound like him, talk like him, live like him in every way. Um, couple things I just wanted to mention to you. This commentary, one of my favorite commentaries I have, is it was published in 1952. Um, I inherited it from um, Paul Erickson. He was one of the superintendents of the Northwest Conference. He was a godly man. Um, and I, I just treasure these commentaries, but I feel like they were written for today. Every time I read them, I'm just like, this feels like it was written for today. And in one of this, um, this... Um, this author said this, um, thinking about the fruitfulness, um, how, we are, how we are to reign, reign, remain in Christ and grow in him. And, and he says this, he says, this is a heartening message for any day, especially for ours, when tremendous problems that refuse to wait are crowding in upon us and demanding a solution. And yes, we do have a lot of problems in our world crowding in on us. And we hear about it more and more because we have the internet. We have information coming to us all the time, fast, fast. He said, some years ago, we would have accepted the situation with a measure of complacency, for then we imagined we were on a moving staircase and only had to stand still, and the progress of the suns would lift us automatically up to God's feet. We laughed at the scripture warning that said, what is crooked cannot be made straight. Can't it, we said with confidence. Let us get our hands on it, and a little social and political and economic pressure, and we will soon straighten it. For we had the comfortable feeling that at long last a generation had arisen, determined to put this disorderly earth into some kind of shape and well able to do it and look at the world after our efforts. And why has all this come upon us? Because the branch thought that it could bear fruit of itself and it cannot and it never will. We are full of schemes for social betterment and human brotherhood, but as a generation, we have little use for Christ. We see no need for him. 
push him patiently aside and say, we are a great breed, faced by any problem and give a little time, we shall ultimately solve it. Have we not harnessed the lightning, gained a new empire in the air and another underneath the sea? Are we not eliminating space and dragging nature's jealous, jealously guarded secrets into the light of common day? A savior? A savior from what? What do we need to take from Christ? And so many ignore him as a useless irre irrelevance. This is the most irreligious age since Christ was born, wrote Earl Baldwin, the former British prime minister. And all this Huxley jeers at that. Since Christ was born, search the annals of humanity, which man, since man was man, and we will find no age in which religion was so slighted and ignored. For the first time in history, there is coming to maturity a generation of men and women who have no religion and feel no need for one. And I would say that sounds very much like our time right now. And I would even say um, the, the spirituality, not just the religion. Religion is how we practice our spirituality. But we have, we have a lot of um, things that come at us saying that we don't need God or, or we can do it ourselves. Or even in church culture, we think, oh, we can come up with these programs or ideas. But really, we need the Holy Spirit. We need God within us. We need him guiding us, leading us, growing us so that we can grow and spread out. And so as we um, close this morning with this part of worship, I just want to be asking you to be praying about how God is calling you to remain in him, to grow in him, to abide in him, and what the outpouring of that life that is being changed by him every day will look like as you make your way in the world. Keep thinking about how you cannot grow apart from Jesus. We can't grow as a church apart from Jesus, and we can't grow um, in, in mature in our faith apart from Jesus. So stay close to Jesus and be rereading John 15 this next eight weeks um, over and over and marinate in it and see what God does. Um, let's pray. Oh God, thank you so much for your word. Lord, thank you for the reminder that we are to, to be rooted in you, to be so connected in you that we lose who we are as an individual and, and our, our identity, our sense of self comes from you. Lord, I pray for flourishing in our community, both um, personally and um, as a collective. Thank you, God, for your word. Let it change us and help us to flourish this week especially and the weeks to come. In Jesus' name, amen.